we're here today. We just started. Yes. Body Movement. Yeah, yeah. Great new series. Yep. So tell us yep. a little bit about this series and you've been preaching on it, thinking about it. What does it mean to you? Yeah, well, um, you know, I think it it is, it, it's a series, you know, I guess we're trying to look at, in particular out of Ephesians, what it means to be the body of Christ. Um, you know, for me, I think probably a lot of it's been kicking around my head for um, a, a few years now, even through just some different part of the doctoral studies was doing and really thinking about what it means to be the body of Christ in today's world. Uh, I think there's a lot of currents uh, culturally and, you know, kind of trends and uh, how we think that actually work pretty hard against what it means to be the body of Christ and to be the people of God in this world. Um, and so I guess for me, the series, it is a lot about, you know, what what does that look like in a, you know, the, the beauty of, I guess, the scriptures and, and the truth in the scriptures is um, these things that are true, but yet flesh out in different ways in every era. And what does it mean to be the body of Christ in today's world, in the 21st century? How does this look? Because, um, you know, certain things are always going to look real similar. Certain challenges will present, but we can't because it's difficult uh, give up on what does it really mean to be the, the body mm-hmm. of Christ. Yeah. yeah, one of the ideas that I know you've been toying with when you talk about culture and the impact of mm. church in within culture, and one of the things you identified was Australia, one of the, mm. the top three most individualistic countries mm. in the world. Yeah. Um, how, do, how do you see that shaping what the church looks like for, for countries and cultures mm. that have that lean towards the, the individual? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I, I think that... Um, the individualistic bent that we have and, and you know, the, the two most are the U.S. And, and Australia. Obviously, I was, you know, born and raised in the U.S. Yeah, so, you, um, a good representation of both of those. <laughs> a good, good representation of both. And so um, I think, you know, and, and every, every culture exists on that kind of spectrum between more individually focused versus more collectively focused. And, and being part of a culture, both those things are important and every person in every culture has characteristics of both. So you, it's not like good versus bad or mm. right, wrong or, you know, but um, to know that uh, that you, you swim, you know, it's always that kind of your culture, it's the water you swim in. You know, it's always hard to see the water you're swimming in. Um, to just realize how shaped we can be by that, but yet the, you know, the nature of the scriptures is they are often challenging our individualism. So when it comes to the idea of being the body of Christ, and so we're, we're looking specifically in the book of Ephesians and how it talks about uh, how God has, un- you know, he's united us, he's fitted us together, he's joined us together, and there's this real uh, picture of what it means to be brought together into the body of Christ. Um, but I think our, our individualistic orientation often makes it certainly easier to skip past passages like that, to skip past ideas like that, we're very comfortable, I think, you know, with what it looks like for me to be a follower of Christ and, and he's got plan for my life and mm. I'm following. So this is, but our culture makes it harder and less likely that we will, you know, even see, even say the, the English language, we have one word for you. Uh, you know, so there's top three, U.S., Australia, and England. You know, English language by nature sets us up for an individualism. So we have one word for you. So all through the scriptures and through the book of Ephesians and almost everywhere in the New Testament, if you say, hey, you are, in English, we only have this word you that could mean, 
you all. It could mean you.、Mm. You know, if you take a language like say Spanish, if if、uh, if you say you and say using the formal word usted, then that means you individual. If I'm talking to you plural, ustedes. So there's two different words for you as an individual and you as a group. Our whole language only has one word, and it's and we hear it only as me. You know, individual. So. So I think just knowing here's this challenge. What does it mean when we're constantly told this is who you are? And in the Greek, it's so often talking about you all. It's you together. But our we have a little bit of a challenge because sometimes we can't even hear it.、Mm. So yeah. So we see this this picture you talked about Ephesians four, and obviously there's、mm. an encouragement in Scripture towards the church coming together as the body.、Mm. Now, in the context of that culture you just described and all the challenges that we see right there, to what degree do you see us as the church? Challenging the culture that we see around us, or to what degree is it that we can somehow be a voice in the midst of the culture、yeah. that kind of drives us towards individualism by doing things like putting on podcasts for people to absorb in their own time when they're driving somewhere or watching、yeah. somewhere? So,、yeah. where's that line for you in kind of your idea of the church, your ecclesiology? How do we lead people towards community in a culture、mm. that leads us towards individualism?、Mm. Um, I, uh... That's a great question. <laughs> if you could just solve that, oh man, I think I think that's a that is a great question.、Mm. You know,、um, yeah, I don't know. Do you got that one? I mean, the I, I think that's the challenge. That's a challenge. You know,、right? and I think that exactly that. How how do? And I think there's probably no one answer. Yeah,、um, we do have to wrestle and engage with that. I think that, and maybe that's part of the challenge, or, or what I hope. Uh, you know, we can think about in in our body because I think it's so important to realize, like you, all these things have to then be lived out somewhere.、Mm. Otherwise, they become just an idea.、Um, and so, I think, say in in our body, so here at, at True North, we believe God's fitted us together as a local expression, just like、mm. the church in Ephesus is a local expression.、Mm. Um, and I think to go, okay, so how do we? In our local expression, go. Let's let's just not ignore these realities. You know,、yeah. there's definitely no easy fix or solve.、Mm. But how do we not ignore them and go? Right, we need to engage with that. We need to wrestle with that idea. It's it's not a.、Mm. It's certainly not going to be a given that we live it out.、Yeah. Um, we've got to, and we have to understand that because it's countercultural,、mm. uh, it will be more challenging for us to do it.、Mm. You know,、um, and I think that kind of you know. Countercultural element to it、um, is where so much of the hope and potential. You know, you, you talked about just then. You know, okay, so if this is kind of how culture moves, what's our role in it? What's our place in it? And I think,、um, you know, one of the things we know is that an individual in an individualistic culture, especially in like a Western context, like where we live,、um, one of the great challenges of that can be.、Um, Individualism can give rise to isolation.、Yeah. You know,、um, you know, you can, and we don't almost see it, but we do live these very individualized yeah. lives. Yeah. We pull into the suburb, and you drive in. In my neighborhood, I, you know, our carports on the back of the house. You come through an alleyway. You know, it's a newer development. You pull in. You know, I can go. I can go if I'm not intentional. I will never almost see my neighbors.、Yeah. You know, you can just. That's it. I'm in. Doors up, down. So, I think what can we do as the body of Christ in this context is we learn to, I guess, to try and go. Okay, how do we break some of those tendencies so that we can become an expression of community? 
um, so that we can be and 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 not just I, the word community can mean so many different things in context. So, it's, yeah. but how do we become an expression of love? So mm. the verses we are looking at on you know in there there in Ephesians four talks about each one you know building up in in love and there's all throughout these acts of service and love love by nature cannot be individual you know love by nature requires context mm. requires connection mm. requires fitted togetherness mm. and then obviously it's pictured for us now love looks like sacrifice and servanthood this is how we know what love is jesus laid his life down for us how do we now lay my life down for another but that can't just be a nice idea somewhere there has yeah. to be some kind of started to sort of live reality to it mm-hmm. um and and so i think if we can figure out how, how, how do we do that and how do we live that then we're bringing something countercultural, fresh mm-hmm. um that people can taste that's a little different mm-hmm. um I, I think is the hope one of yeah. the hopes one and, of the hopes and i think deep down i hope you touched mm. on the reality that i think all of us even though we're obviously all driven to enjoy some of those aspects of an individual culture mm. Yeah, mm. deep down we we know community is better right yeah. we know yeah. that it's yeah. a better picture when yeah. we're talking to our neighbors when That's we right. go next door and ask for yeah. you know, some brown sugar which, yeah. which i've never yeah. done but i do feel you, like do I you know what I, I recently i was uh, uh lisa was away so i was cooking yeah, right. and i was doing and i, I do <laughs> hello fresh <laughs> Okay. Do you know okay. HelloFresh? Some of our, you know, break, break it down for me. Hello. So HelloFresh, you yeah. order, you know, you just kind of order, and they bring the they bring the meals. It's like paint by numbers with food. So right. have you ever had I'm, it? I'm familiar with paint by numbers, not the food expression. Now I and we're not sponsored by HelloFresh here. However, <laughs> maybe we could work on that yeah. if they see this, we'd be happy to, yeah. you know, bring them by. But so it's like a, it's a packaged meal. Or yeah, there's ingredients. There's there? ingredients. All fresh. All fresh. HelloFresh. Nice. Hello. Nice. Um, so it's all fresh ingredients, and uh, so. The uh, so you get like a week's worth. So I ordered about three meals in that week. You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, well, Levi and I. So anyway, but so I was cooking. Uh, here's the only thing about HelloFresh if you're thinking about getting it. So it'll always right. tell you. Here's the. It'll take say 25 minutes to prepare. It right. tells you here's how long it'll take to prepare. Here's how long to cook. Yeah. So I always look at that. But if it says, and usually it's about 25, 30 minutes to prepare. But whatever it says, lost, plan right. double. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's probably just me. No, it it no, is probably no, just no, me. You are accurate. I've done other ever, things like this. I feel like they are always dishonest about how much time they, it takes. They, yeah. And you're like, yeah, I'm sure. And you're. A chef could do it. A chef could do it. You know, Nick, Nick, could do Nick it. Aragoni knocked that thing out probably yeah. in half the time. Me and you, double, not so much. Double it. So, uh, but we went to cook one, yep. and I realized there's certain ingredients you're meant to have. You're supposed to have soy sauce. I got all the way. We're ready to have the noodles ready. Levi loves the noodles. We're about to have them. I'm going to put, no, I, don't, I don't have any soy, no sauce. soy sauce. I was like, what do I do? Do I go next door, which I've never done, and do I knock on the door? and see if my neighbor has some soy sauce. Did you go for it? I did. Come on. First neighbor, not yeah. home. And, uh, you know, work, works away. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we, we bump into it only occasionally. Uh, went to the next neighbor, knock, knocked on the door, and we've had some great interactions in that, but you know, uh, as the door opened, it was that kind of like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. hey, can I have some soy sauce? Yeah. And then it was wonderful. Then, okay, cool, this yeah. isn't a, problem but it's so out of the ordinary yeah, that's right um yeah. to do that yeah. but yeah it's actually and even, we all know it's better it's that's nicer right. that's like, right and yeah. even, even the experience of your neighbor is like whoa this is weird this is weird but this, this is actually not, awesome this is weird <laughs> this is what community is that's yeah. right yeah. yeah 
I, I love it. And I love that idea mm. of the, the church being a space that can actually mm. bring yeah. authentic community yeah. for, for people in our wider communities. As mm. you said, you know, we use that word in different yeah. contexts. But, yeah. but even though it's nice sometimes to just do our own thing, to hide in our houses, yeah. to yeah. isolate ourselves, yeah. you know, yeah. there's certain short-term, I guess, pleasure in that that yeah. leads us that direction. Mm. But I think deep down, man, we just know that. Yeah community is is where health comes from yeah that's right um, and spiritual health absolutely as we see see modeled in, in yeah. Ephesians 4 yeah that's right ah, that's right that's awesome mm. so so another idea i wanted mm. to to get you to bring a little bit more mm. thought around you had this awesome perspective and thought around incarnation and mm. excarnation mm. and for me when i hear that word incarnation so often i'm led towards jesus and the, i guess mm. the historical picture of jesus as god coming among his creation as the embodiment of the fullness of mm. who he is in christ mm. but then then you've had some really great thoughts around them what does it mean as the church as an extension of that incarnation mm. and then this challenge against with with excarnation as well so so, mm. so tell us a bit more about that your your thought process as thought processes leading into that idea yeah um and, and how that's shaping in your mind yeah i you know i think like when you say you know where's this kind of come from probably a, a few years back with some course doing um there were several different writers we started looking at who were, were speaking into this idea of excarnation. Uh, one of the great book by uh, Michael Frost called Incarnate, and he talks about being the body of Christ in a disembodied world. And, and so there's a lot of researchers looking at this, but in that book, he really looks through some of the dynamics of um, what we'll call like, and I think he calls the excarnational impulse. So now here's, here's what I mean by that. So, you know, like you said, uh, the Christian faith is fundamentally an incarnational faith. It is all around the idea that God took on flesh and, you know, mm. took on a body. He became right. incarnate. Mm. Um, and that is what, therefore, our expression, mm. if we're to be followers of Christ, if we're to be the body of Christ, there needs to be a incarnational approach. So all of our practical theology, all of our um, practical expressions, we should always be seeking uh, to be incarnational mm. in nature. Yeah. Um, and Jesus says, you're going to now be my body. That's and right. so this whole idea yeah. of body movement, okay, we're supposed to be the body. Mm. And I think, you know, like I said, I think, but here's that, that kind of tension point or challenge comes. Um, to be the body is to put flesh and blood and, and touchability mm. onto something that is true. There's got to be some embodied expression, some place that is sort of real and tangible. And, but the world has a, the world around us and, and culture and technology today is driving this maybe even more. Um, it's not towards incarnation, but excarnation, you know? So, um, excarnation is, and this is, you know, excarnation has always been a dynamic. Um, and it's that drive to separate, um, let's call it the idea from the physical reality of it. So this is a, uh, you know, maybe, I, I, I don't even know if I'm using this word right, but I'm going to try. It's sort of like this Neoplatonic idea. So, you know, Plato, Plato was big on, uh, on a, a lot of things, Plato, the philosopher. And so Platonic yeah. philosophy could kind of distinguish between uh, or, or looked at I guess a difference between like an idea and thought and then the reality. So you can get what you call it dualism could, mm. could, could be a thing. So even in the time of Christ, you see John, the disciple in his letters, um, 
constantly writing about how, you know, Jesus, we saw him in the flesh and we touched him. He's incarnational. And he, and he talks about how the one who really loves him will do what he commands and he's and and will walk as he walked. And, and he's trying to get across this like, you can't just have an idea that you follow Christ. It has to become a lived reality. And so in John's letters, one, two, three, you even see him make this statement at one point that, um, you know, the one who denies that Jesus has come in the flesh is Antichrist. And his point is that because there was this kind of platonic, you know, Greek thought was influencing these early believers in Christ to go, we want to, we believe in Christ, but it doesn't matter what you do with your body. Because what matters isn't your body, your actions. What matters is what you think. What matters is what you believe. So don't worry about it. And they would even deny, and that's what John's addressing really an excarnational challenge. They're denying that Jesus came in the flesh. They're going, because to them, they thought human flesh, the physical stuff of us didn't really matter. So they're like, for them, they go, it, in fact, it's a little bit uh, almost unbecoming of God to think that God would put this stuff on. Like that's just below God. So they had a, a kind of dualistic, there was people who were early followers of Christ that wanted to kind of create this dualism. It's, he didn't come in flesh. It's God, but he, he appeared to be flesh or he, you know, like flesh doesn't matter. And then that theology works out in, it doesn't matter what you do with your body. It doesn't matter what your, you know, sort of your, your sexual, you know, um, expression with your physical body. It doesn't matter maybe how you, um, treat your neighbor in a real way or, you know, so, this is kind of a tension point, not just today, but always. The tension to want to kind of divorce what we think and our ideas from this really lived experience. Um, and that's effectively what an excarnational is like when things just become an idea, but they don't have a real lived reality. Yeah. And obviously, as the church, if we mm. take on that line of thinking and mm. we become excarnational in our approach to what it means to be the body, we've got yeah. a real problem, right? <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. Mm. You know, and I think, you know, and not realizing how easy that that tendency is, yeah. you know, because it's easy to kind of, we know as well, you know, and this is, you know, it's it's by faith and all these things. And there's so much truth in that. But yet it's so easy to end up with no lived reality mm. and no embodiment of it. And no movement. Um, and no movement. Mm. And no movement. You know, I'll give one, maybe one picture in that kind of, um, here's one of the tension points, say, in, in church expression of, you know, incarnation versus excarnation. I remember when I was um, leading a, a young adult ministry back in the uh, early 2000s. Early 2000s. You know, 04, golden years. 05, golden years. Yeah. Youth ministry yourself back in kind of 05, 06. 05, 06, yeah, that was my sweet spot. So it was a good, good era. So I was leading a young adult service on a Sunday. I remember this guy came in. I was like, I would have been uh, 15, you know, 25, 26, early rookie years. Rookie you know, early. I was still probably yeah. on my rookie contract. Rookie contract. You know, it, um, <laughs> and uh, and this guy came in one night to you know night service, and we used to have it was in Subiaco, and so you just kind of get some strange cats right. that would walk in off the streets uh, often. So I, I, you know, I'm chatting with this guy. He's older, you know, and um, he he looked kind of like from a bit of a hippie era. He had kind of black leather jacket and this bandana. It looked a little bit like a bikey from uh, another era. Older guy, you know. And I'm like, "Hey, how you going?" As we chat, anyway, kind of see. Yep, yeah, no, he's yeah. Now I'm a follower of Jesus. Oh yeah, awesome, great. You know, do you go to um, a local church anywhere? You know, or I didn't say local church. You know, but yeah, hey, oh, do you go to church anywhere? Oh, you know, oh no, no, no. I 
I go, he goes, I just go where, where the spirit blows. I'm like, oh, cool, you know, wow, that's deep, you know, like, hey. <laughs> and I'm like, really, you know, trying to unpack that. And he said something to the effect of, look, I'm, I'm just part of the invisible church, you know, and he kind of, kind of, you know, this and, you know, what you do here, this is not really the church. The church is the invisible church. And, the, you know, and I go where the spirit blows. I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. I remember then, you know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a rookie. I'm still kind of mm. learning the ropes. I remember chatting with, um, Graham Johnston, who was my senior pastor, and I was chatting with him, and like, you know, this guy is really interesting guy, and he was kind of talking a lot to people. I'm like, yeah, and I, I said some summary of it, and I can just remember Graham going, you know, the cool thing about the invisible church is like, you know what, your, your serving's invisible. Your, That's your, right. <laughs> your, yeah. your, your giving's invisible, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. you're basically kind of, you're having to love anyone is invisible, you yeah, know, you're yeah. bearing with one another is invisible. And it was just one of these things that always kind of stuck with me of like, it, it's easy and it's true that we are all part of the invisible church, the sense that the one body that's connected across history and time, there's truth there. Mm. But our our excarnational impulse at times can lead us down actually some bad theology that yeah. <clears throat> that we never actually live it out. And so if you don't ever, if you never have some kind of visible expression yeah. of yeah. things like Ephesians 4, where it's like you've been fitted and joined together, um, then it at the end of the day, it's like, well, that's great and it's true. And no matter what, that is true. But there's no embodiment. There's no that's incarnation right. of yeah. it. There's no flesh on it. And yeah. it it doesn't allow most of what the New Testament teaches about the church to ever become lived reality, That's you know, right. embodied reality. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So as you're, as you're talking, Dean, one of the things I notice is you've got a, a Fitbit on oh, yeah. your wrist there. Or, is it a Fitbit or is it a... It's, it's a Garmin. It's not, you know, it's not a branded Fitbit. It's, okay, it's not branded. <laughs> but I, we probably shouldn't even say brands unless they're going to Unless they're going to sponsor, right? you know. Right. But, uh, <laughs> now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the goal yeah. with these things, so they, they track your steps, you get a sense of how often you're moving throughout the day. The goal is to hit about 10,000 steps. That's, yes. That's yes, that's goal. what I hear. And, yeah. uh, and yeah. you had an interesting experience, right, when you first got your Fitbit. Mm. You expected you'd be right up at that. I, so, yeah, and yeah. what was the actual reality when you started measuring? Yeah, it was much sadder. I was, uh, I thought, say 10,000. I, I think the first couple of days it was, I don't know, is this being recorded? It was in the kind of two to 3,000 mark. Two to 3,000. That's it. Stop judging. Two to three. I don't, you know. Okay. I don't know. That's probably did, really does bad. Does that put you in like a sedentary category <laughs> as a person or is that a? I, I think it I probably, I didn't look it up. <laughs> I just kind up. of, okay. I just assumed it was wrong. And just, yeah. I don't want to know what that puts me in. You know, I, I but, wasn't. But the bottom line, you were surprised by the, the absence of movement I was, physically. I was very surprised. I was very surprised. I was disappointed. You were disappointed. And were you able to correct that? Have you now moved forward and you've got a bit more motion? I I have, but I will like, it is, it's actually way harder than I thought. It's hard. I've just thought, you know, I've seen people I know tell me, I know I always make sure I get 10,000 a day. I, you know, and I, it was, I'm doing better, but I would say I hit 10,000 we can edit this 10 twice a week you know maybe yeah, i don't know maybe three times i'd say i'm i'm sitting in more if i went my average i bet if we check my average probably seven to eight seven to eight okay yeah. and real honest mm. how much of that would be some form of cheating to get the numbers up i look i to be honest <laughs> uh, 
I tried that. From what I from what I can understand, it doesn't seem to. Okay. I tried. Like I've tried to. I have. You know. I mean, like I move this and yeah, that, see. Doesn't that feel like like? How do you know? It doesn't. Somehow it seems to. <laughs> I don't know what it's doing, but it. Yeah, I've tried. From what I can tell, it's not winning. It's not winning. <laughs> and I love the I love the picture here of this. And when we actually take measure of where mm, we're at and yeah. how much movement there is in our life or mm. not, we can often be surprised by the reality that we're not moving perhaps as mm. much as we thought. Yeah. And one of the things I, that I love, even reflecting on the things that you shared today, is this this reminder to actually take measure in our own lives. What is the degree of spiritual movement in my life that's mm. part of the body? Mm. Um, it, how, what are some ways that, that you kind of think of that as I guess the either the body gathered together or mm. scattered in our individual pursuit of Christ. Mm. How can we start moving more as the body mm. of Christ? Well, you know, I think there are, again, probably lots of answers there. Um, I think the, you know, I think one of the great lessons is we need, for me, from that was one of the best starting points for that is objective reality mm. you know and yeah. so it's the fitbit right it's, it's the fit it, that's the it here's yeah. the picture mm. and i think you know having a mirror yeah. to yourself is is really important mm. and really helpful because we are incredibly good at convincing ourselves of whatever narrative yeah, we're moving. that we're yeah. moving <laughs> and of really whatever we whatever we want to think about ourselves yeah. like i said you know i i really genuinely didn't think it would be like that. Yeah. There's days that I'm just like that. That can't be reality. <laughs> um, but the beautiful thing about objective mm. feedback, if you will, yeah. some kind of objective measurement, mm. some kind of mirror that just says, here's just, you know, do with it what you want. This is reality. Yeah, yeah. Like once you have that, uh, if you don't avoid it, you can begin to calibrate. Mm. You know, like I said, if I, you know, if I, if I truly did, you know, and I kind of like, like literally probably for a day or two, I did wonder if it was accurate. <laughs> you know, like I just, yeah. I really was like, is this really, I, there's times like I'll, I, I, was, I was like walking, you know, one side of a room to the other, watching it, like, you know, count, let me watch it count. Yeah. And I did it once and then it was like, it actually had a delayed reaction. I was like, look, it's not. And then it went boom. And I, yep, that's the same as what I counted. Like, so it, I think we have an incredible capacity for self-deception mm. as, as people. Like we, and, and that's just a human thing. We can just convince ourselves of, of a lot. And I mean, there's a lot of research around how the brain will look for information to support its prior conclusions. Like that's what our brain's default setting, not how can I gather new information? It, it's that will lead me somewhere new. It's usually, it's looking for information that will support whatever you think. So if I think I'm, you know, fit, I'm, I'm just by nature, that's, so I think in terms of, so how, how do we get moving? I think, um, you know, it's helpful to just go, let me look honest, let's take personal, okay, am, am I in the word three or four years ago was reading um, a Bible plan? It took me a long time to get used to digital Bible, like I, I, like, yeah. I like paper. Um, now, I'm, about three or four years ago, I started using the Bible plans on version and doing read through the Bible in a year. Mm. One of the great things about that was it would give me objective feedback yeah. of how often yeah. I've yeah. actually <laughs> read the Bible. And I'll... Yeah, yeah. I've had a similar experience. Have you had that experience? 
I thought I was, you know, engaging more in God's word than this, but the, the little dots on the calendar, they don't lie, right? <laughs> the little dots from what I can see, they don't lie. That's right. Exactly. And I think the first year I was using that, I was also a little surprised, yeah. you know, like I thought I was in there more regularly than I was. And once I saw that, I could begin to calibrate. So it doesn't mean you have to use digital if you're pers- you know, a paper type person, but somewhere having some objective reality, like it's just so easy again to go, man, I, I love God's word. You know, I, I believe in it. I, I believe it's his revealed, you know, kind of it's got power in it and it can actually transform our minds and hearts and renew our thinking. And, our, you know, there's all these things. Again, they're ideas. Is there a lived reality in it? And then, you know, and then realizing as well, we have a real capacity for self-deception. Yeah, no, I was in it. Like I, yeah. I no, I'm sure. I, I don't know. When was like, like, where do you get some, make sure you've got some objective. And again, it's not to kind of go, well, if you didn't tick it off, then, you know, you missed that dot. Like, whoa, you know, it's yeah. not, it, but it is, is this real? Is it like, yeah. is it a lived, re- is your love for the scriptures embodied in a practice that, it's happening. Yeah. And the great thing, and I think, you know, the encouragement that I'm, it's probably your experience, I know for mine, but again, just like with my steps, yeah, I started at 2,000. No, I'm not yet at 10,000, but I'm at seven yeah. and I'm on my way and I'm picking up new habits. You know, I'm getting in new rhythms of going, making sure I, I go for a walk, you know? Um, like I said, you know, uh, you know my, my phone or the, the watch will buzz at me and tell me to move. I've stopped ignoring that. I've stopped seeing it as an intrusion into my life. I've stopped seeing it as, um, you know, uh, I, I've started to embrace, no, no, there's an opportunity to live this reality. So I, I think, you know, that's one example, like just going, you know, how do you, um, I think there's, there's a lot of ways, you know, if, if again, and if uh, sort of a little bit at the core of this and the whole idea of body movement is how do we be a body together, then I think there is a, um, you know, a challenge to go, how do we put flesh onto these things of how we love one another? How do we serve one another? Um, how do we, you know, the, the body, how are we focused on this kind of one, one mission? Uh, because the, there's a mission for the body and the body is to be um, on mission to see the whole world come to know Jesus as Lord and, and to be connected into his kingdom and into his body in this world um, that incarnates love and, and incarnates love and good deeds and service to one another and service to the world and, and all those things. So I think beginning to find ways to go, no, 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 I, we can't just pay lip service to it. Is there an embodied reality to it? And so I think we should probably, and this, maybe this is the, that kind of finishing thought to your question, mm. When, when we say, when we read verses like what we see in Ephesians, do we begin to ask the question, how is this showing up in my life? It, where is the embodiment of it? Not just, it is so easy, great idea, I love it, and it sounds good. Mm-hmm. And, and there can be sometimes, a, you know, a, a surface way of looking at it, but going, no, where is this showing up uh, as an embodied reality? Yeah, no, that, that's awesome, Dean. Mm. And uh, we're looking forward to continuing mm. this conversation throughout Me the too. series, Body Moving. We really appreciate you taking the time to dive deeper into the content mm. around that. And uh, yeah, we look forward to what's next in the, the Body Moving series. Sounds good. Thanks, man. This is fun. <laughs>